Welcome back to another episode of One of Us Has to Be Right. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you for joining us. And if you are a weekly listener, we appreciate your support. So, Josh, it feels really good to have you back again this week. And I want to know, what's been scaring you this week? Yeah, I mean, last week I, I pointed out the fact that it's literally March Madness season and I went with spring training baseball as my scary um, and I went with blowjob Bob, <laughs> but I'm, I got to switch it up this week. Um, the scary someone as obviously I'm very sad. We're recording this the day after Michigan lost to UCLA 51 49, mm. but most of that production on offense for UCLA was behind 28 points from Johnny Juzang, who Nice. Someone who transferred from Kentucky was a four-star recruit out of high school. Um, played a little bit. I think he started two games at Kentucky his freshman year. Transfers to UCLA, and now he's just absolutely putting on a show um, over there in in Los Angeles. And now in the, the NCAA tournament, this is a guy. Um, and I was talking to you about it earlier. Someone who really became the name like a house, not a household name, but someone who's really yeah. come into, um, into his own in this NCAA tournament. And he reminds me oh, a lot. Oh yeah. He made, he, he made his money in March. Yeah. No. And that's, he reminds me a lot of Grievous Vasquez for a couple of different reasons. Obviously Grievous Vasquez was what a decade ago. He led that, that Maryland <laughs> yeah. Terps team to a final four, but, um, you know, someone who is right in that six, five, six, six, like a larger guard, um, but someone who probably isn't going to translate very well to the NBA, but has a really good college game. Someone who can put the team on his back and be the 28 of the 51 points, um, you know, shooting, you know, 40% from three, shooting almost 65% from the floor last night against Michigan. Um, when he when he needs to get the job done, he gets the job done. I mean, he shot 78 percent from the floor against BYU <laughs> oh um, man I mean he shot a hundred percent from the floor in their loss to Oregon State um for the the Pac-12 tourney that's crazy but I mean regardless this is a guy who I think doesn't translate to the NBA but I'm I really want to see what he does going up against Jalen Suggs um in a couple of days with Gonzaga yes, sir um yes, I think, sir I think that Suggs is probably one of the better players that we've seen ever come out of Gonzaga. Uh, I think it's maybe, I mean, John or John Stockton, Demonis Sabonis, and then maybe Jalen Suggs. We've, we've seen a lot of busts, <laughs> yeah. seen a lot of busts yeah, yeah, come yeah. out of Gonzaga. Um, but I think that, that Jalen Suggs has the ability to, to be one of those guys that doesn't, but back to the topic, uh, Johnny Juzang, what I've seen from him all tournament, whether it was the um, first four game against Michigan state, uh, the game last night against Michigan, that's someone who I was not expecting to pop off and lead a team to a Final Four. Um, but, hey, they did it. Um, Cullen, Cullen thought they would. She, she had UCLA yeah. in the Final Four. Yeah, that's four. crazy. <laughs> nuts. She's got Gonzaga winning it, though, so at least she's got a she's, – she's a little bit smarter there. Um, she just moved to L.A. Go, go to, to UCLA. UCLA. Um, so, yeah, Josh, t- tell, me, tell me what's scaring you right now in the world of sports. And – the thing that's that's really scaring me is the eventual wear and tear on NFL players as they move to a mm. seventeen game or eighteen Thank game you. seventeen games played schedule. Um, Thank this you. Was, this was a cash grab for the week, NFL. Yeah. Um, so this, I, I think, 
I think the only reason that they did it was so that EA Sports could say that they have an update for Madden. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what the roster changes huge, don't don't do it. They don't huge, do it for you. It's not huge enough. Update now you have another week to sim when you do a franchise mode. No, I, I just <laughs> I don't. I think it's that, another week for the Cowboys to go under eight hundred or yeah, five hundred for memes of the NFL to post the what's the letter of the day. Um, but that's the thing. Five hundred <laughs> won't be a thing anymore, really. There's no yeah, no weird. team's gonna go eight and eight. It's like the the, the Redskins. Under, the Redskins won't be able to go eight and eight anymore. The um, the what? Oh, excuse me. The Washington. <laughs> oh, 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 Josh, trying to call me out for it last week. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, not so easy. They were going eight and eight when they were the Redskins, but yeah, the Washington Football Team, who's now one hundred percent owned by Dan Snyder, which really he bought yes, him. He just officially nice. paid the other forty five percent from the minority minority shareholders. So now he is nice. Yeah, because you know how he loves hopefully, those minorities. Um, yeah, hopefully he changes the name. Yeah, to, no, like, oh, actually something. Well, I think officially. they're still sticking with it next next season. Yeah, and I mean it's it's. I'm still a fan of it. I don't know. Regardless. I, I hate it. 17-game season. 17 games. I know. I think that – I think you mentioned it earlier. It's not so bad for those rookies who are trying to, like, get themselves known. But for the yeah. veterans who – like, that's another 60 minutes of, of game time where they could have an injury or re-injure something. Um, the, yeah, and, the and players here's, here's union, the thing. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was just going to say, here's the thing, is that, like, these guys aren't going to be sitting there being like, oh, I'm only 200 yards away from the rushing record. Let me just, like, really give it all. It's the, oh, great, I got to rush for another 200 yards. Or, oh, man, now maybe my incentives are going to be higher and I'm not going to reach my sack totals because my contract is now structured that I'll hit 11 sacks instead of 10 this this yeah. uh, this year. You know what I mean? So I think incentives are going to be a little bit harder for guys to hit just because of all of this too. But, well, but I, and I was kind of saying it earlier, it's just going to turn into a load management thing. Yeah, and that's that we that's, haven't seen in the NFL yet. And what I think we're going to end up seeing is for a team who's say 13 and two going into those last two games, I highly doubt a Patrick Mahomes, a Tom Brady, um, you know, yeah, but now with only na- one seed, but now with only one buy, there's only one buy this week, this year now. You know, with the seven-game playoffs, uh, 17 playoffs. So, I mean, it, it, there's still incentive to win last week. That that was the point of having those seven-team uh, uh, those seven, The seven-team playoff because there's three wild-card yeah. games. Yeah. But now there's only one bye. It's it's not the wild-card stuff. It's the one bye so that you need to play till the last week if you're fighting for home field advantage, too. Yeah, which it's... <sighs> It's a cash grab, and I hate to say it, but that's 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 what the big move is. I don't think anyone in any NFL franchise is saying like, "Ah, yes, this is great." Other than the owners and other than the the media companies, it's another it's yeah. another you know four hours of Jim Nance, Phil Sims, Tony Romo. Tony Romo, you know, you know, it's it's. I love Tony Romo. I, I do too, but it's just an, it's Tony another Romo. it's another year of that or another game of that. So. Yeah, that's the part that scares me is seeing, you know, what players potentially do get hurt in that last game, and then, yeah. you know, the the backlash that they're going to see, and we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, I will it could say, be I something... will say though, I'm glad. I will say that I'm glad that what they did was they took a preseason game away and they didn't just add another game on Which, the end of the season. They needed to do that anyway. The preseason yeah. is awful. 
it's absolutely yeah. awful. It's just scout teams for the first three weeks, but... Yeah, and I mean, even if the, the starters do play, it's one drive or one quarter or maybe one half if we're lucky. We're not seeing yeah. the best players for a full game. It's it's almost pitiful to it's watch very, at some points. It's very... It's very Pro Bowl reminiscent when it comes to effort. Too. Yeah, it's like, oh, great. I get to see Tim Boyle play the second half for the Lions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be Jared Goff in, in the the Honolulu Blue and Silver. It's, you know. Dude, let's get Mike Glennon up in there. I don't care where he's. I think he just signed with the Giants or something like I'd that. Lo- I'd love to see the other Red Rocket play. Um, um, but, yeah, that's that's it for me. The I mean, Johnny Juzang and that UCLA squad going into the Final Four as an 11 seed uh, just absolutely scary because it's it's been a it's been that that their new coach coming in and, and silencing the critics and then um, on the on the scares me side it's what's going to happen with the NFL players once that they get to that that week week 18 and uh, their, their 17th game of the season so what what's, yeah, all what's that going is, on what's, well I was just going to say all that is is another week for me to lose money on parlays but it's <laughs> just me <laughs> um so yeah. I'm going to talk about a big man right now. Okay. I'm going to talk about a big, scary man. Okay. Last weekend, we just saw an absolute clinic from Francis Ngannou. Yeah. Breaking Stipe Miocic. Yeah. Folding him like a lawn chair. I mean, very early in that second round, too. In the second round. Defending takedowns and... I, I honestly don't even know how Stipe lasted that long with how many shots to the chin that man was taking. But all the credit to Francis Ngannou. He's going to run this heavyweight division for a while now. He's he's so much more technically sound. Apparently, the next fight on the docket is John Jones. And, well, it's not and, official. Well, what was but, the tweet that he put out? Like, just drop me already or something like that. I... He... I, yeah... I'm, I'm just saying though. From, now. Yeah, I mean, I I want to see John Jones get rocked. I I get it. He's phenomenal, and he's been bullying that light heavyweight division. But for him to just keep going on this self-proclaimed, I'm the greatest of all time, and you haven't fought in three years, and before that you got suspended for PEDs, and before that. Coke. It was another PED and Coke suspension. Yeah. So, I I really want to see him if he can. Don't get me wrong though. If he can step up into heavyweight, and if he can work in Ganu, it really solidifies something to me. But I I just want to see John Jones get what's coming to him. And Francis Ngannou is an absolutely terrifying human being. Scares me. Um. <laughs> and yeah, I'm I'm also excited for. Uh, the Michael Chandler and uh, Charles Oliveira fight for the, uh, what is that? I think lightweight. For 261. Belt. Yeah. Oh, it might be 262, but it, I'm pretty sure it's 261. And then something like Nate Diaz is fighting Leon Edwards. Again? Nate what? Diaz, what? Is, Nate he Diaz is gonna 90 get 90 years he, old. Dude, he's going to get stomped by Leon Edwards. I'm excited. Yeah, but they just agreed. Move, it was, that's for 262 yeah, is the, the Leon Edwards-Nate Diaz fight. Well, McGregor and Poye are getting another fight in the works in early June or late. May that's that's like official that they're gonna have a trilogy now. Well, and um, one thing too is um, the news on John Jones is two hours ago he said that he wouldn't fight Francis Ngannou for eight million dollars because it's quote unquote way too low. So are if, you serious? Yeah. So if he if if they don't bump up if they don't bump up eight million dollars to ten twelve or fifteen then we won't be seeing that fight. But 
Derek Lewis said that he would fight Ngannou for eight mil. So yeah, but I mean, would be, that De- would be Derek a, Lewis. God. He had he had a great fight against Blades last time, but he he didn't yeah, who, look good against who Ngannou. absolutely. Yeah, was was it Ngannou who who yeah. just absolutely crumbled him? Yeah, he manhandled him. Yeah. I, so I I don't even want to see that fight at this point. I I don't even want to see Lewis and Ngannou. But what what John Jones eight million dollars isn't enough to get knocked out? Yeah, that's for <laughs> for for five to ten minutes worth of work. You don't want to get paid eight million dollars. I'm kidding. I know they put a lot of pre-fight uh, training and everything, but um. But yeah, so I'm going to move on to something that's scaring me right now. And it's all of these damn 40 times. What's happening? Why is it this year we're seeing everybody running sub 4 threes? How many sub 4 threes, 40s are you well, seeing? Well, okay, okay, maybe not sub 4 threes. Micah Parsons running a 4 3. You have Mac Jones proclaimed to be in the 4 sixes. Are you kidding me? It seems like everybody's just burning it. Jamar Chase looked so slow on his forty, but they put him at a four three eight. They had they I, had a four three nine on Micah Parsons, unofficial. Exactly. Okay, unofficial but four three nine. But that's what I mean. Everybody's just gassing out here. Jason Onway was was a burner too. When I I just I wish they had a standard combine and not just stopwatches and something that we can all compare. Too, because Mac Jones running like a four six eight when every other coach in the stadium said that they had like a four eight four on their watch. Yeah, these forty times are 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 just they're scaring me right now. I don't know how much I want to put too much faith in him, but I mean, and that's not to say that Rondell Moore isn't a burner. That's not to say that Eric Stokes didn't didn't uh, break sub four three. Well, but and, well, and Marshall and Chase, you were talking about their pro day earlier. They both ran yeah. four three eights. Eric Stokes ran that four two nine that you were mentioning. Yeah. Rondo uh, Moore didn't say he had a four two seven. Rondo uh, four two seven or four two eight something like that. Yeah, so it's it's just like all these numbers just seem a little a little fast for me. And, then and did two <laughs> two Atwell uh, run his yet? Didn't wasn't he supposed to ha- have Louisville's proto yesterday? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I didn't. I didn't see it. Um, but. He ran a four two seven, but even quote unquote. Then even Justin Fields, Justin Fields running a four four four, I think, and then Kyle Pitts just put on a four four five. Like all these, yeah. all these guys. Justin Fields is about to be the fastest quarterback since Robert Griffin the third. I mean, obviously Lamar didn't run, so we don't know his official forty time. Well, but and then barring RG, Lamar RG3 Jackson, was a sprinter in college or in college yeah. too, right? He, high school and college, yeah. he, he did. So, um, so, and like hurdles? I love Justin Fields, I love his athleticism, but I mean, if he if he's truly burning at a four 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 speed, good for him. But it yeah. just seems it just seems a little little bit fast on all these guys this year, and it's just it's scaring me a little bit, it's scaring me a little bit. Yeah, especially that that Mac Jones forty times. Dude, the Mac clocking, Jones was ridiculous. If they're clocking him that early, they had him at a four seven two. I I even saw an unofficial lower than that. Yeah, okay, quote unquote. But Jones did run a four seven forty, and defended his ability to move, saying, "quote I mean, I've always believed in my athleticism." Unquote. Okay, can we talk about the Mac Jones athleticism? Like, cool. I I expected him to have like the athleticism of like a potato chip. Yeah. yeah, he has more. That's awesome. But that still doesn't necessarily put him higher than Justin Fields or or Zach Wilson. 
Like you yeah. know, like like those guys still have that bigger playability than Mac Jones. Like cool, he 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 did a little bit more than than what we expected from him, which is awesome. But I mean, come on, that's what we're gonna talk about with Mac Jones—that he's just a little bit more athletic than we thought. Yeah, he know. he says I I honestly kind of make jokes about it, but I really am a pretty good athlete. I mean, the numbers are the numbers at the end of the day. It really doesn't matter. But I think I proved Bro, he has that the at same... least I'm going to go out there and compete and even have fun with it. <laughs> he just he has that Baker Mayfield body. Answer. Dude, he has that Baker Mayfield body. I don't want to no, hear he has any. that he has that Tom Brady <laughs> standing in his standing in his like knee his underwear lettuce shirt. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I. But did you not see that Baker Mayfield on the cruise ship with all the, like the Giants players that are ripped and he's just kind of there? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Mac Jones, you have you look like me, but a little taller, so it's nothing to brag about. <laughs> and uh, staying with college, I want to talk about my top five interior D linemen right now. Starting from five. Starting from starting from five. So this is a name that. I, I hate to say this just because I hate the school's coaching. I hate the school's coaching. But this this kid has an insane natural athleticism and power. Okay. And it is Florida State's Marvin Wilson. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's going to be really good on a front that utilizes him on passing downs because his, his uh, hand usage is so, so good. And I... I, I don't know. He's he's played all all the spots of that D line, and he has that consistent motor. But it's just he's had such bad coaching, and he needs to be a lot more consistent with low pads, things like hand power. Even though he has really strong hands, he just doesn't really know how to use counters and and flexibilities stuff. That if he can, if he can really uh, get that explosiveness down, he's going to be phenomenal. But I just I hate Florida State's coaching. They're so bad. <laughs> So that means uh, that I, I, I'm excited to see who falls out of your top five because Mel Kuyper had two players from the same college at four and five, and if you have Marvin Wilson, who he had at six, I'm excited to see who you have here at four. Oh, you're going to hate who I have at four. Uh-oh. I have the biggest man in the draft, LSU's Tyler Shelvin. Wow. 6'3", 362. Nose tackle let me say vibes. That, let, let me say that one more time. 6'3", 362. He's a Brandon Williams duplicate. Huge. Just massive man. I'm looking at him he now. Shows, yeah, he shows really great technique and really great urgency. He's, he's put a on, solid. Yeah. What was that? Well, he's 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 had a weight issue because yeah. he, he officially weighed in at 346 at some point in high school he ballooned mm. up to 370. Yeah. So I think that he just weighed in at 362. I think at his pro day today. I don't know if did he They run? had they had him at 3 they had him at 346 pre pro day. Regardless, that's that's something that's that's something that's very scary and for you to have him at 4, Kuiper's got him at 10. He's going to be an elite run stopper. Okay. He eats up blocks and he maintains his gaps so well. And he's a lot more explosive than what his size looks like. Okay. Um, so yeah, I've, I'm I'm really high on Tyler Shelvin, and I think that the LSU man needs a little bit more respect. Okay. Moving on to number three. 
it is none other than the Alan McNeil from NC State. Wow, so you've got... Okay. I really, really like him. I, I have I have uh, one of the Ohio State kids at my six, Tommy. I I have him at, I, I have that kid at my six. Oh, you have the but, you have the Ohio State kid at your six. What, what about the USC yeah. boys, Tufele oh. and like Tufele. Jay and Marlon? Tufele is at my seven. He's at my seven. And then uh, hold on, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. Okay. Don't rush me. Okay. Don't rush me. Alan rush McNeil, me. gotcha. Alan McNeil. Uh, he's not extremely fluid or loose, but. His hands are incredible with his timing, power, placement. He has plenty of pop in that punch, and he's an anchor when his pads get low. Single blocks are not going to move him off of his uh, off of his gap, and he has that great effort. But he definitely has room to improve, like with with the processing skills, how he reads blocks, how to better position himself. But once that technical stuff is there, he has insane pursuit with that size, and and he's terrific at point of attacks. Yeah, Especially with his hands, six two three twenty, and he ran a sub five forty. So <laughs> that's you know, pretty. That's pretty. What wild. was Vince Wilfork's forty? Wasn't that like five oh eight? You know what? I'm gonna research that. I'm pretty sure Vince Wilfork was up there, but yeah, five exactly five oh eight. That's yeah, scary. I, I remember seeing that and just watching that man move is is terrifying. <laughs> so we're going to number two now. All right, and. I feel very strong about this. I and okay. I think I know who it's going to be, but Christian Barmore is not the best interior defensive lineman in this draft. Oh. Christian Barmore is my number 2. Oh god. So I then I know who you have at number 1, but wow, okay, continue. He has great athleticism. Mhm. Great size. But where is his effort? Oh my God! If you watch his tape, you'll see the highest of highs, and you'll see even worse than lows. They could have probably lined me up in the A gap, and I would have put up more of a fight than he does. He's the kind of guy that if the run doesn't come his way, he's just gonna stand there and just talk with the talk with the guard and say, "Yo, can we take this one off?" If he gets into if he gets into a situation where uh, where he can have somebody that motivates him. He's going to be phenomenal. But I, I don't see that, that dog in him. It's very it's very C.J. Henderson, where an insane athlete, insane ability, but he's not going to stick his neck out every single play to go make that tackle. I think the more apt would be the Albert Hainsworth. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to say... Given the position. Yeah. Yeah, given the position, Yeah. I, I don't want to say, like, he has no work ethic like Albert Hainsworth, but, uh, but like I said, he has everything that's so, so solid and, and, and probably the highest ceiling out of all these guys. Yeah. But, but there's know, one he's guy had, he's saying that couple... he's the top. Levi Onwuzuriki. Yep. From Washington. He's my number one, man. He's, he's so exceptional with his athleticism and his leverage. His endurance is absolutely phenomenal and toughness in the trenches and every snap. He's he's the ideal 4-3 interior defensive lineman and I, I he's he's a solid run defender, but he's an even better pass rusher. Imagine Aaron Donald but like on the way opposite side of the spectrum cuz it's Aaron Donald. Yeah. But Levi 
on Wanzariki um, from Washington. Absolute stud, and I'm excited to really see him play. And he's got to put on a little bit more size. He's a little bit more on the on the leaner side, 6'3", 290. But like I said, he's he's somebody that that is super disciplined with his technique to maintain that gap control regardless of his size. So he's solid in the run game, and he, and he's so athletic to get to the quarterback on those passing downs. There you go. So, I'm 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 going bold with D lineman today. So no, none, neither of the USC boys make your cut for the top five. No, and like I said, I have Tommy uh, Togai at I, I think that's how you say T O G I A Togai at yeah. my five uh, at my six. J T Fele at my seven, and then I have Milton Williams, the Louisiana Tech kid that just balled out this year, um, at my eight. Well. Kuiper and Davion Nixon, but Davion Nixon is also on that whole Christian Barmore, super athletic, but just doesn't show up every play. Yeah, they've got they've got Milton Williams as a D end. Okay, that's so fair. that's I guess that's why. But yeah, they the idea of um, <laughs> yeah you you threw some threw some names out there that were that were lower on some some of the the draft guys big boards, but yeah, I that, feel good about Shelvin, it. Shelvin, Shelvin. That's a he's just a massive body, more like that nose tackle, like you said. And then, yeah, on on was Ricky, he, he said straight up, he's like, I'm not shy about it. I'm the best player. I'm the best defensive tackle in this draft. So, I, I, I like the is. I like the confidence there, and I think he'd be a, a good spot. Or he'd be in a good spot, excuse me, if he landed to your Jaguars. I know that's who you're really excited to see him on. But. Yeah, but here's here's the other thing is that I think Christian Barmore is still going to get taken before him, but I think that. Levi is the better prospect, All and right. I'm not. And like I said, I'm not saying that Christian Barmore is going to pull the Isaiah Wilson end of the late first round, and just doesn't show up to practice or anything like that. But from <laughs> the reps that I've seen, it's just it's very like you need you need an insane D line coach to really pull that out of him. And I think I think in a situation where if he's not a primary guy, like like let's say he falls to the Browns with Danny Shelton. And and Miles Garrett there, and he's not that primary guy. I don't know if he's gonna have that drive to always want to put forth his best effort. You know, we'll just have to see. We'll have to see. Um, between me and me, one of us has to be right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Speaking of the draft, now, last week we saw an insane amount of trades in the course of an hour during yes. Zach Wilson's pro day. I was watching it, and I and I had to call you not to talk about Zach Wilson, but I was like, Josh, the 49ers just traded up to three, and you were like, what? And I was like, yeah, they gave and up. And then three I got the full. alert, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, and I it's okay. I'm your I'm your Ian Rappaport. I get you your your news first, and then I text you later, and I go, oh. And the Eagles traded down with the Dolphins. To 12. What What are the Eagles thinking? I'm sorry. I want to hear your winners, losers for now, and then we'll get into some potentials of who we think's going where. Yeah, so I think that the biggest winner... Fire Howie Roseman. Fire Howie Roseman. Okay, sorry. Hot take. Um, sorry. <laughs> here's why you're wrong. No, um... <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think personally the, the Dolphins... I saw this comparison made... And I love it. The Dolphins are playing with house money. That, yeah. that casino reference. I mean, they basically just got a thousand dollars worth of chips from for Laramie the uh, for, yeah for the Laramie Tunsil trade. 
and they're just they're just playing with house money at this point. They don't care. They're just you know doubling down on they're doubling down on fifteen, and they're just doing stupid stuff. They're just throwing you know throwing a hundred bucks on red eighteen for fun. And and it's, it's working. Like, it's working yeah. for them though. And but that's that's the thing is at this point they're not playing around with their draft picks. They're playing around yeah. with draft picks that they've already gotten, and they're just moving things around and seeing where they can get value. But moving from three to six and acquiring the assets that they got in that trade, yeah, is a is a baller move. But the only reason that's such a baller move is because the Eagles decided to make such a bonehead move and move back yeah, to twelve. I, I get, oh, man, I don't get it. I get that they get the extra first round pick, which okay, and if they are rebuilding behind Jalen Hurts, maybe having that extra first round pick is nice. And hey, if Carson Wentz plays 75% of his snaps or he plays 70% of his snaps and they make the playoffs, they get a third first round pick. So, no. th- they could be they could be, you know, next year we could say, "Wow, like that was actually a really solid move from the Eagles." At this moment in time, your idea for the Eagles is to get one of the premier pass catchers in the draft. Yep. And if you move to 12, there's a chance you don't land a Jamar Chase, a Devonta Smith, a Jalen Waddle, a Kyle Pitts. You could Absolutely. have gotten them at six. Oh, you, you, you would move, have had if your you move pick to of 12, the litter at six. The Dol- like the Dolphins are probably going to get one at six at this point. The Lions are probably going to get one at seven. The um, Giants might take one. Exactly. There's just so even many. even the Bengals might take. Joe Joe yeah. Burrow's lobbying for Jamar Chase right now. Well, yeah. I mean, especially after the pro day, but. Yeah, I mean, imagine imagine you get the guy that you threw like twenty touchdowns to your yeah. Heisman year. Yeah, I'd I'd want him on my team too. But yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, um, I I like what the I love what the Dolphins did. I think that depending on the Eagles, who they snag in this draft, what falls to them. Yeah, yeah what if yeah, what falls scraps to them. what scraps they get at twelve. Because we've seen them do that before. We've seen them mess around and take the wrong guy, even when they were in the position to take the right guy. Um, in 2015, they had a they, JJ. No, no, that was Nelson well, Aguilar. 2015. No, was well, Nelson well, I'm Aguilar. talking. Well, I'm talking JJ about last year. Well, that's who I'm talking about. When when they had DK Metcalf on the board. Um, yeah. Well, and it wasn't. The thing is, it wasn't just DK Metcalf that that draft. It was like a, I think AJ Brown was still on the board there uh, too. No, AJ Brown was off, but. Terry oh. McLaurin was still on the board, Ooh, um, which, yeah, again, ouch. And people, yeah, people Aguilar. always say, like, oh, you drafted Aguilar in 2015. Look at that draft. The next best wide receiver was Stephon Diggs, who was drafted in the fifth round. If they would have pulled that, if they would have pulled something and drafted him in the first round, Harry Roseman literally would have been fired on the spot. Absolutely. They did not have the evaluation of Stephon Diggs in the first round. People are like, oh, they could have oh, they could have had Stephon Diggs. They could have had Stephon Diggs. Yeah, any any team in the 2000 draft or 1999 draft could have had Tom Brady, but he fell to the sixth round. Like Anybody like could evalu- have had Gardner Minshew. <laughs> 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 but, the, like, the evaluation's just not there. Like, 32 teams skipped on Drew Brees before he got drafted in the second round. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where... Everybody passed only- on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and then rightfully he, so though. <laughs> everyone passed him. <laughs> Running backs aren't supposed to get drafted in the first round, Justin. We all you know, know who else everybody passed on? Justin Jefferson, and they should have. Hey, you know what? Not everybody passed on Justin Jefferson. Just the Eagles and the Cowboys, I guess. <laughs> um, the Cowboys got Ceedee Lamb, who don't 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 at me. He's better than Jerry Judy. He's the best wide receiver in that draft class. Um, mm. Mm, mm, I'm not I'm saying, saying no. I'm not saying no. I'm not I'm saying not, no. Only because Keep talking. I'm, Keep Only going, because the Broncos going, just good. don't have a quarterback, but that's okay. Yeah, but you're good. Um, you're good. You're Drew good. Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Stick to dancing to Jeezy. 
Um, <laughs> nice. I think, and the the one thing that we haven't talked about is the 49ers. And yeah, I was I was the, waiting for you to bring it up. The 49ers did, and I think it's funny that nine years ago, Mike Shanahan did this exact same thing to get Robert Griffin the third, mm. and gave up the Look exact how that same. Out. Gave up. Well, that's a Derrick Rose situation. He did. I know, but he RG, did. He yeah. did win Rookie of the Year. So, yeah. Well, that how that turned out. Correct. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think if Mike Shanahan did this, except he gave up three first rounds and a second round. Kyle Shanahan gave up three first rounds and a se- and a third round, um, which was yeah. a, a compensatory pick anyway. W- regardless, the I think that the 49ers made a decent move. I think that in order of who won, it's number one. The Dolphins just were absolutely just making it their league, and everyone else is just playing in it. Two is the 49ers. I think that if they're satisfied with whatever quarterback they get at three, uh, I don't think Wilson's on the board. I know Trevor Lawrence isn't on the board. So they're going to have their pick of Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. And given the response that I saw from Kyle Shanahan to Mac Jones's pro day, I don't think he, I don't think he was that thrilled. And we, we all saw how Belichick wasn't that thrilled either. Um, overthrowing okay, he definitely was. Okay, stop it. He definitely wasn't making that face at one of Mac Jones' throws. Somebody like said something to him. Uh, regardless, I. But I no, it, it was very lackluster. Yes. Whereas Justin Fields put on, I think the second best quarterback pro day. Um, Who put on the first, Josh? Who put on the first? Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> okay, good. I just want to hear you say it. Yeah, I no, want to hear Dirty was, Little Mouth say it. It was Trevor Trevor Lawrence won. I mean, he was basically getting told what to throw, and he threw it. Um, leading, yeah. I mean, he, he was incredible, and then I'd say Fields was I really, I really want to go back and watch Trevor's pro day after watching all these other guys yeah. do theirs now. But also keep in mind, like, the time strength that they had. Trevor had, like, two weeks, and he had receivers that he'd never worked with before, and these guys yeah. had, like, six to eight weeks. But well, regardless. Because Trevor's not going to have LaVisca, or he's he's going to be throwing to LaVisca Chenault. He's going to be throwing to DJ Chark. He's going to be throwing to James Marvin Jones. O'Shaughnessy. Marvin, jo- Marvin yeah, Jones. It's not Whatever like he's tight gonna, end they pick up. Yeah, James O'Shaughnessy. Um, but it's not like he's going to have his guys from Clemson. So it's, it's not even worth... Yeah. It's not even worth like making that comparison. Like, oh, like he's working with guys he's never thrown to before. Yeah, he's gonna come out and he's gonna do really well in Jacksonville. Um, well, yeah, no, but I was I was just saying. Yeah, I, I know, but yeah, I think I think Special. after what we saw at Justin Fields' pro day, I would be surprised if he doesn't go three. Um, yeah, the only thing also, that I've heard, I could also see Trey Lance going three. Yeah, well, I've heard two things. One is that. If you look at the tape, Mac Jones is the most consistent quarterback other than that game at Auburn where he threw two pick sixes and yeah, then still correct. ended up like putting them in the running at the end of that game. He's had the most consistent tape. Correct. He's also like Justin Fields never really had to battle adversity. He never really had to other than being hurt in that. Yeah, that I was going to say, I mean, up until that Clemson game. We, we don't want yeah. to discourage but that. People, people say like, oh, like you can't judge someone off of one game, which is true. Um I but I the the throws that I saw from Justin Fields in that game at that that high level of expectation were incredible and I think that he Absolutely. he he does truly deserve to be a top 5 quarterback. I'm not saying that in the slightest, but it's just at this point you're it's 1A through 1E. All these guys are going to go top 10 regardless. So, it's deciding well, we'll see. who falls. It's deciding who falls in that range, but 
I think Mac Jones did put himself into a top 10 contention when everyone was kind of expecting him to fall in that 15 to 20 range. And now he's talked himself into a potential top five. I mean, we we always it, just, see this it feels mad so weird dash. though. It feels so weird to think that five quarterbacks are going to be taken in the top ten in one draft. Dude, that it feels could be so in the weird. top five picks. You know what I mean? Like, there's a chance that we see trades happen up until uh, at that point. It's basically going to be everyone just moving around and just moving moving small little chess pieces around, like yeah. Carolina potentially moving up into the top five or. You know, it's just very like it, it, it's it, the whole thing is a chess game because you don't want to give up too much too quick or it's a, it really it's not as much chess as it is poker because you know what you've got in your hand and you know yeah. what's on the table. You just have yeah. to take the gamble that someone else isn't going to do it before you. So great. Analogy. I think that's that's the biggest thing that we're going to see in this draft. Now, obviously, um, you know, whether whether Howie Roseman gets fired or, or keeps his job and whether or not he gets a, a star pass catcher. Um, at number 12, there's there's talks that they don't even go with a receiver. There's talks that they just go go with a, a, a star defender like a Micah Parsons, especially after the pro day that he put on. So yeah. it's all it's all up in the air now. We, we, we're, we're less than a month out. But until then, we're kind of just speculating, you know? So I will say I will say on Justin Fields tape, though. He looks a lot worse than some of these other quarterbacks, whether it's he, whether it's not being able to get past a first read, whether it's not being able to really change your velocity on touch passes or things like that. He has great, he has a great motor and can push the ball down the field, which you can't teach. But I will say that if he goes to the 49ers, that's probably one of the best situations that he could be in. It, it, you'll, you'll see him develop super quick, like, like Cam Newton in that simplified Panthers offense the first couple years. If Justin Fields goes to those 49ers and if they get their guy, which I told you, I already think that 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 they were going to be second in the division, especially if they could figure out their quarterback situation. And now there's a chance that they're going to get one of the guys that they really want, even if he is QB three. QB three could have gone first last year, yeah. you know. Oh, easy. Um. Oh so, no, Joe Burrow. Okay. I don't think anyone goes above Joe Joe Burrow. Okay. Last year. Okay. I think they go above. They definitely go above Tua, and they definitely go above. Um, yeah. They definitely go above Justin Herbert, which I don't yeah. understand. But. Um, but the way it worked out, it would have been that way. Yes. No one. No and one went above Joey Burrow. No, but but yes. Yeah, so I, I think the 49ers win it. I think the Dolphins are having their own fun, and and they're going to turn it into something. I I I'm not the biggest fan on how they draft normally. They get these random linemen or cornerbacks with their first like round picks almost like the Raiders where they just kind of try to draft athletes and like hope Clellan, that they can mold them. Clellan Farrell for the, the for the Raiders and Dion Jordan for the the Dolphins. Dion Jordan went to, Was he a Jaguar? Was he on the Falcon? He was on the Falcons. No. Dion Jordan. I think he went there. I think he went there eventually. Dion Jordan cuz he had those spiky shoes. He was at, he's 45 on the Falcons, Dion Jordan. No, he was drafted by the Miami Dolphins. Oh, with oh, pick. oh! I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Deion Jones. I think. Yeah, D D E I O N Jones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's on the Falcons, he's... but but yeah, no, that Deion Jones on the on the uh, Dolphins. And yeah, who was that? Who was that big end that busted real early that the Dolphins picked? Oh, is that Deion Jordan, kid from Oregon? Yes, that was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, um, if you look in the past, yeah. their first round picks have been 
Jawan or Dion Jordan with the third pick, Jawan James at tackle, Devontae Parker, pretty solid. But then yeah. Laramie Laramie Tunsil, who they then flipped for the biggest haul ever of all time. Well, Herschel Walker esque. Well, Charles Harris, defensive end out of Missouri, that didn't go yeah. well. Minka Fitzpatrick, we all saw how that went turned out and incredible for him. Um Christian Wilkins out of Clemson, that was yeah. two years ago, and then last year it was, it was Tua, okay. Austin Jackson, and uh Noah, the kid from Auburn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, say the last name, John. Josh, I want to hear it. Um, but, but yeah. So, like I said, I they always seem to put themselves in great positions. But I just hope that they can capitalize on it. But for right now, as far as contention goes, with the Forty ers defense coming back and they're getting their guy, whether it's Fields or uh, or oh my God, Trey Lance Mac or Trey. But that's the other thing is that apparently Kyle Shanahan was high on Mac Jones, which is what people thought that they origin why they originally traded up. So because because of his pro ready ability. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. the one that's the one really nice thing about that Alabama offense. You can say what you want about Alabama quarterbacks in the past, whether it's Matt Roy or AJ McCarron or Tua Tunga Vailoa. It's Noodle on Tua. I mean, because look, Nick Saban like had an NFL head coaching career and stunk was absolutely awful, but his offense conveys really well to the college game. He can also get a billion five-star recruits, which helps you too, but it's easier when you have Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith catching your ball. When the other guy on the other team was like a two star recruit out of high school who used to play shooting guard for his basketball. It's just, it's, it's little stuff like that. I mean, until you put them in pads and put them out there for, you know, the only the three games of the preseason that we're going to see this year. Yeah. Either way, it's, that's the kind of stuff that we're going to have to wait and see. But, yeah. you know, four weeks out, you already said you're going to cry on draft night. We might call. and Oh, my God, and- dude, you have no idea how excited I am. I even – in the event, because the Jaguars have this great way of making me so depressed. Whether they get Trevor Lawrence or not, tears will be flowing from my eyes. Whether it's tears of joy or more agonizing purgatory. April April 29th, we will oh, be waiting. So Josh, I'm so excited. And and it feels a lot better because then I don't need to wait for them to make a pick halfway through the night. It's their opening the night. And hopefully the Trevor Lawrence down in Clemson, he's not attending the draft. So hopefully we get to see the little camera following him and his family. He's going to throw on the Jaguars hat. Hopefully it's like a Joe Burrow situation where they already have the jersey sent to him. And, yeah. and it'll just it'll just make my make my off season. Hey, I mean, the draft is being held in Cleveland, Ohio, so who would want to go? I I don't blame I don't blame anybody for not showing up. <laughs> not even for COVID related reasons, but because it's in Ohio. <laughs> just just Ohio in general. It could have been just in Cincy. Ohio, Ohio been is in like Toledo, the armpit of the country. Could have been in Cleveland. Sorry. I I feel like we don't have enough listeners to have people from Ohio, so I don't feel bad smack talking them. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the the pinnacle of the night is going to be them setting the Cuyahoga River on fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's happened before. They're gonna do it again. So we're gonna introduce a f- final segment on the show, um, and this is going to be what we're gonna call speed round. Uh, basically, we're going to introduce a topic, and then we're each gonna get thirty seconds to give our take on the topic. 
And this week's is going to be Russell Westbrook. He had his fifth 20-20, and 20, 20 points, 20 assists game last night. Um, absolutely remarkable show from him. But the question is, is Russell Westbrook's legacy going to be tainted if he doesn't win a championship? Does his legacy stand on its own without that ring? My 30 seconds starts now. I think that regardless, he's going to go down as one of the best point guards of all time. One person that I think he's going to be compared to, not from the, his style of play or the way that he approached the game, is going to be John Stockton. Because Stockton never won a ring. Stockton did make the players around him better, which I don't necessarily think Russell Westbrook does. But no one doubts Stockton's legacy as one of the best point guards of all time. And I think that's what Russell Westbrook do. Your 30 starts now. Of course it does. Of course it matters. Um, he's He's been around Harden and KD at the same time. Couldn't get it done. He's been with Harden by himself where he's able just to ball. Couldn't get it done. Now he has Bradley Beal. Still can't get it done. There's 17 games under 500. And it's just, you can, you can put up as many numbers as you want, but when it comes down to it, he's going to be like a Jim Kelly forgotten kind of deal. Oof. And that's time. One of us is going to have to be right. He's Justin Whitwick. I'm Josh Deal. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.